Welcome back, folks. Uh, before we go on, I just want to check on some sports stats. You know, keep myself sharp here on the sports, and I'll use my computer and just go in here. I'm going to check. Okay. Welcome back to Too Much Dip, a very special edition of Too Much Dip. My name is Dave. Joining me in studio, I've got Dylan and Micah. Hi, guys. Dave, what's good? A lot. Yeah. We just recorded a really good circling back, and now we're here. Going to do a really good Too Much Dip podcast. Uh, I'm excited about it. Fun weekend of uh, sports activities to discuss. We had gloomy weather here in Austin, so it made for staying in and watching the sports, keeping yourself sharp for the sports. Micah, how are you? Uh, I'm great because Cole Campbell has ended his self-imposed uh, Instagram hiatus. It lasted about four hours. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, brothers for life, straight gooned. <laughs> what? I have no idea what that means. He's but posing with his buddy who has face tats, which is interesting. Shouts shouts to the phenom. From uh, the mean streets of uh, Prince George, Canada, wherever the heck that wh- Whatever is. that is. Damn. <laughs> His goons got goons. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's really good to be back. Good. Good to be here. Guess who else is joining us? It's KJ from DeSoto, Texas. Live, on location, remote from DeSoto. Present in the building. How you doing? Phenomenal. I'm phenomenal. I think, uh, you know, it's fair to let the people know. You're, you're listening to the words of a survivor. Uh, you know, your boy was touched by uh, the Demi, but, uh, you know, it's come and gone. Our household has recovered. You got the antibodies. Boy, do I. Pants off all day. Dude, are you wearing a cardigan? What's going on here? Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I was wearing a quarter zip, and I realized right before we started, it was a little wrinkled. And Dylan was not going to let that pass had I worn that. <laughs> so I scrambled and I realized I had a, a zip up cardigan that was just sitting in my office uh, for weeks on end. So that's what jacket, I'm going but with. I don't, I don't hate it. Grandma sleeves and all. So you just had that hanging out? Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it was sitting in, it was in the closet, uh, you know, guest bedroom closet. So no, it's not in the normal rotation. Well, it looks great on camera. I'm pretty stoked about it. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Lines in this uh, QZ were very. Uh, oh no. Yeah, it was evident. Kind of, kind of looks not. like it was balled up in Micah's drawer, and <laughs> that uh, maybe like a noted personality from ABC's hit The Bachelor might come do a podcast with us, and he would hand it to you. Yeah, good enough for right. Micah. I would not have let that one slide. No, no, it, it was it wasn't going down that way. Figured to uh, bust out the Cardi, uh, you know. It's not uh, oatmeal Cardi season, but it'll do. Charcoal Cardi. Um, guys, let's do something a little bit different. Did you know that we had a hotline? Yeah, people are already calling it, dude. A dip line. Dip tips is what some are calling it. 833-371-DIP. Let's dip with two Ps. 833-371-DIP. You can call in and talk about whatever you want. I think I'm going to play our first voicemail. Oh, shit. What? You guys like, want to hear, like right now? I'm gonna play it live. I've not screened this, so it might make it history. If this is offensive or it says naughty words, I apologize. If you are offended, you ready? Ready. What up, Daddy Dippers? It's your boy, Lil Dip. 
Uh, would you rather play in the hottest NFL game ever or the coldest NFL game ever? I'll hang up and listen. Bye. Well, that was really cool of Little Dip to chime in. Little First dip. ever call. And he called us Daddy Dippers. That's a new one. Yeah. And I'm cool. I'm one, cool yeah. with it. Are we going to answer the, the young man's question? Hottest NFL game ever or coldest? Which one would you rather play in? This one is really simple for me, being as a guy who does not handle heat, who will uh, very <laughs> easily get heat stroke, and I've been to the emergency room just tailgating in hot weather. So Wow. Um, I cannot – I will – I might actually die if I play in the hottest one ever. We know you love snow. I do love snow. I mean, getting hit, <laughs> <laughs> getting hit by uh, by big, strong guys in pads and you know sub freezing temperatures. It's got to feel just really bad. I've never done it, but I'm, sh- I'm sure it's not fun. But I have to choose that, unfortunately. Big, strong guys in pads. Football players, <laughs> aka. Yeah, I mean, I it doesn't surprise me. I mean. We know you can't take the heat. You don't really thrive in pressure situations. No, I'm talking um, like actual temperature heat, David. So, okay, I'm gonna Pe- go. Uh, people are gonna are gonna die. Cramping, I mean, cramping is a real problem. I'm not concerned about cramping. I'm concerned about my my body just just calling time out and just giving up. KJ, you are um you are a former collegiate athlete. Yeah. What's, what's the hottest game you ever played in? What's the coldest? Or just practiced in either way. Practice probably over 105, 106, even though, you know, UIL levels, high school levels, like they cancel practice at a certain temperature. But uh, I was never fortunate to have an indoor practice facility, neither at Texas Tech or at SMU. Those things were built after uh, my time was over. Texas Tech did have a bubble, but that was mostly for track and field. Um, so we definitely had practices out in 105. And Having practice also in the winters out in Lubbock, I'm going to go with playing in the hottest NFL game ever. Strictly because your boy's trying to maybe parlay this into pickle juice uh, and like sponsorship and endorsement deal with a pickle juice uh, proprietor. It's not going to happen. You know, peep me on the sideline, drinking some PJ, uh, you know, looking fucking tight as hell, not sweating because I'm, you know, not cramping either. Just down in that peach. Down in that peach. Plus, you can brine some uh, some chicken and air fry it afterwards. You can, you can brine some Nashville chicken. It's true. KJ, <laughs> when you were a tech, did, what was the temperature of the shed like? <laughs> uh. The shed wasn't even built yet. Uh, the shed was built after that sum, uh, after that spring because they were busy redoing the fields with like AstroTurf and redoing the Jones with AstroTurf. I was there the last year they had the hard ass fake not, or I'm sorry, redoing the AstroTurf with field turf. Uh, so little known fact, my torn hamstring occurred because of all of that bullshit. We had to like take a bus to a practice field out in intramural fields on the other side of town. Didn't have a chance to stretch toward my hamstring. Oh yeah. Sad shit. And people wonder how Pat Mahomes only won like seven games there. <laughs> That's a miserable place. <laughs> it's a fact. I'm Micah, not shots at Lubbock. I'm just Remember saying. when Charlie Strong got the job at Texas and they made a big deal about how the players weren't going to take a bus anymore? Mm-hmm. They were walking from the locker room to the practice facility, oh, yeah. which was like two tenths of a mile. And <laughs> under Mac, they had chartered buses to take them every day. Country club back. atmosphere. Yeah, uh, I think I'd like to play in the cold. I think the, the the cold games are more legendary. The way the NFL schedule works out, it's generally you're going to play in the cold game in a more meaningful game. 
than uh, than that. And you can layer up. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why football is not played in the summertime. It's it's you true. Know, it's 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 too intense. <laughs> you can't just take off your pads because you're too hot. Yeah. You, you know. Let me say this: I'm also going to choose the the coldest game ever, only so I can wear one of those uh, Tom Brady jackets where the it looks like the Talking Heads guy. Yeah, uh, that's a good suit one. Suit coat. That's a good one. That's a good reason. And and like you know, most schools these days have like the heaters on the sidelines. You see the guys, the hand warmers, which. They're a little bit too close to the sideline for my mm-hmm. comfort. Like, it seems like someone's going to barrel into it, and I don't know if they would spontaneously combust, how that would work. Ooh, I have a very relevant question for KJ, actually. You see yeah. these guys playing uh, in the NFL usually in these, like, freezing temperatures, and for the most part they don't have sleeves on. Is this a pride thing? Because I assume in the locker room, like, it's like, hey, we have, like uh, – sleeves for you guys if you want them it's gonna you know, help keep you warm and no one seems to wear them except for like a quarterback maybe maybe punters like, like a prima donna wide receiver might wear them but for the most part it's uh they're just out there with bare arms yeah lineman i definitely think it's a pride thing but never have you gone into would you have gone into a game and been like oh that guy's wearing sleeves what a pee um i would say that it's certainly a discomfort thing over time i mean I'm sure you've all played around where it, you know it's 50 degrees, and by the third or fourth hole, you know you're popping the QZ off. So, like, eventually you work up a lather, and it's just not a big deal. You'd rather have no sleeves on and then throw a coat on, or put your hands in a warmer. Um, the thing that doesn't get enough attention is the way they built their uh, the NFL benches with those posts. They pipe in either cool air or warm air into your helmet basically when you put your helmet on that thing and then Ooh. jackets are sitting on something similar. Luxurious. You, know? you don't necessarily need to wear sleeves if you're always putting on like a warm coat and a warm helmet. Okay. Interesting. The, it's Jud- like the, the Judson boys would never. Seat warmer <laughs> of helmets. It really is. That's high-end shit. Speaking of cold, did you guys check out the Bucks and the Packers yesterday in what was fairly cold? Not absurdly cold for Lambeau Field, but it was cold enough. They did. They sorry to interrupt you. They no, did yeah, show yeah. the clip from the last time the Packers hosted the NFC Championship game before the game, where Jimmy Johnson at the pregame show took a bottle of water and poured it into a glass, and then by the end of that hour-long pregame show, he turned it over and it was frozen, because the last time they played it was like zero degrees, minus thirty wind chill. Uh, so it wasn't that bad this time. 32, I think. All this talk of snow, there was some uh, that they shoveled off to the sidelines, you know, but the yeah. field was looked completely fine, which is a little disappointing for me as a viewer. This time they uh, just had Terry Bradshaw all piss in a glass. <laughs> <laughs> does pee freeze? I, I assume that it does. <laughs> sure. Okay. So. Depends on how much beer you drank before, before dude, what your is, alcohol content is. Dude, frat on, good sir. Yeah. Fogs to you. So uh, Tom Brady goes back to the Super Bowl as the Bucks beat the Packers 31-26. Huh. This was just tweeted by Field Yates. I don't know how common knowledge this is, but it's, I thought it'd be it's interesting enough to share. Uh, Tom Brady will now start in his 10th Super Bowl, of course, which is twice as many as any quarterback in NFL history. That's four more than his modern contemporaries, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, and Aaron Rodgers combined. That Jeez. is insane. That is, um, yeah. I mean, I think we all knew he'd played in a ton, but just hearing it laid out like that and the fact there's been a lot of funny memes about how he, you know, comparing him to the Cowboys, his levels of success in the NFC versus theirs in the last 25 years, it's uh, it's all very depressing. As which, a uh, fan, which Super Bowl number is this? Ten. 
No, no, not for him. I mean, like the Super Bowl. Oh, blank. 55. So he's played in almost 20% of all Super Bowls. Sammy Hagar. That's pretty wild. Like eight, we'll call it 18% of all Super Bowls. <laughs> that's we could do the math, I guess. But that's pretty good. Yeah, that's solid. You know, and he was perfect yesterday. 18% definitely was the reason strong. they won. <laughs> you didn't like that he put up a Jameis Winston-esque three touchdowns and three picks. And two of them uh, being two of the worst picks water. you'll see all season. Inexplicably bad picks, two of them. It it is crazy though when they showed during the during when he came out the first drive and they put up the graphic on half the screen where it says he's starting his fourteenth champion conference championship game in twenty one seasons. And one of those seasons was lost to injury. Like that it's just ridiculous. By the way, almost as shocking as his him being in his tenth Super Bowl is that how has Aaron Rodgers only won one NFC championship? Doesn't that not seem crazy to y'all? And he's been I in what, five it. or four? Well, maybe if the organization he played for uh, decided not to take a player in the first round and trade up for him who played zero snaps all season when the guy he played behind was the MVP and he could have gotten some help, maybe that could have been helpful. I'm, I'm so happy you went there because I figured you would. figured somebody would. So I pulled the tape on uh, the draft from last year. Packers picked Jordan Love 26th overall. The only other offensive player drafted in the first round, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire after that. Other than that, also a tackle for Tennessee. That was the second tackle out of Georgia. He only played three snaps on the year as well. So neither of them are helping. So if you're suggesting the Packers should have, like, I don't know, dropped into the second and drafted T. Higgins or Michael Pittman, I think the only one that's going to ring a bell that says, okay, hey, this would have been made a difference was Chase Claypool. Uh, who the Steelers took at 49. Like, that's an argument to have that they should have traded back, but there was nobody else offensively for them to take. Brandon Ayuk had just gone off the board. Justin Jefferson and Jalen Rager both just went off the board. And then they get A.J. Dillon late in the second, and obviously A.J. Dillon was useful, but he was their third running back on the year. So I I get the argument that they could have done something with that pick, but uh, I don't think it was as cut and dry as like, hey, you took him and you should have taken X, Y, Z because there wasn't anybody else that was a clear cut like this is going to help your team today pick. Denzel Mims was right there. (laughs) He had a good year with all the turmoil with the Jets. The Packers did trade up to take love too. I I don't know why. I him 30 picks earlier. Why they're why this franchise makes me angry? It shouldn't. I have no allegiance to them. I don't really care for the state of Wisconsin. I'm really not in that that into cheese in general. Wow. But whoa, that's hold hot on. take. <laughs> Damn, dude, cheese is, is dope. If I am a Packers fan, I want Lafleur's head on a stick. This this is a fireable offense. I want to fire the general manager. I want to fire the head coach. I want to fire everybody today. Wait. Wait, wait. What what is the fireable fence here? The 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 field goal. The late? field goal. Okay. Yes. And okay. I we'll talk about it. But uh, like I for some reason the actions of the Green Bay coaching staff in front office really violently upset me, and I have no interest in I that team. I know why because it makes you think of um, something that hits a little close to home. <laughs> who also has a connection to Green Bay, one Mike McCarthy. Oh, who correct. Has made some similar uh, in-game errors, some might say. And uh, it was funny. There was a lot of funny tweets going around about, like, you know, they thought they had moved on from McCarthy, and now the offense was flowing. A-Rod was loving it, and then he goes and does that. Clearly, uh, Rodgers was not happy about it in the presser afterward. He he didn't call him out, but he's just like, you know, it wasn't my call, which is a fair way of saying, like, I don't know if I would have done that. Yeah. 
like I wasn't on board with the decision. I wouldn't give the ball back to the greatest of all time um, with less than two minutes left and expect uh, to win more than two minutes. It's just more, just it was over two oh five when they kicked the field goal. Oh yeah, there was a two minute warning, and they had a full slate of timeouts. Correct? They correct. did have three timeouts. I, I mean, we can talk about it now. It, yeah. Even even if they uh, even if they went for it and didn't get it, they would still only be a touchdown behind, and. Tom Brady would be deeper in his own end zone or, you know, deeper in his own end. You'd have better, if you get the stop, you're, you'd get better field position than, than the scenario they went at. Either way you need the stop and you need a touchdown. It would be one thing if they were down six and they could have gotten it to three because you always think if you got Aaron Rodgers, you can get down the field and kick a long field goal. They still needed the touchdown, but they still needed a touchdown and it just, it's inexplicable. Yeah, I think the problem here is you weren't playing to lose or you weren't playing not to lose with that decision and you weren't playing to win. Like, I get going into it and saying, hey, we just took three shots and got nowhere. But again, you're making a bigger impact on field position, as Mike was alluding to, by even if you got stopped, you're you're going to impact field position more. Unless you come out of that and onside kick, like, I don't think you're giving yourself the number of oppor- any additional opportunities to win um, by kicking that field goal. What, what, did the, uh, what was the percentage, the win percentage? Did y'all go over this? Sorry, I'm, I'm doing an update. I think it went from kicking the field goal, they had a 9.5% chance, and then it just went up to 10 if they <laughs> went for it. <laughs> um, but I don't know if we've even talked about the third down play. We haven't. Controver- we should. Controversial. Not controversial, but a lot of people thinking he could have ran it in there. I like his chances. He had JPP right there. A lot of, I don't know who wins that foot race. He's just got to get to the pylon. I don't know. Either I mean, way, it's going to be fourth The thing short. is, yeah, he doesn't have to get to the pylon there. If he does run, they were at the eight-yard line, He's maybe he gets tackled at the two or the three, and then you give yourself a better chance on fourth down. Right. I, I, it's foolish of me. Uh a dude who sits in a chair and talks about football on occasion to criticize Aaron Rodgers when he's got grown men coming at him at full speed. But it does seem like that's that's a, a heartbreaking down if you're a Packers fan. You're going to be going back to that thinking. And I saw a lot of different. people on social media saying, oh, Jordan Love would have ran that in, which is a, a totally stupid and unfair Come thing on. to say. That's not fair. That's he, hilarious. You wouldn't, even, you wouldn't even have had him in that position. So that's just a dumb thing to even. My issue with it is that I like Aaron Rodgers. He's a supremely talented quarterback, clearly top two, top three. None of this is, you know, ground shattering things. It drove me insane listening to Joe Buck yesterday. Every time, like, who was it? Uh, Valdez Scantling came up early in the game. Oh, he was the previous recipient of a death stare from Aaron Rodgers. Like they let Aaron Rodgers be an absolute bitch of a quarterback of how he leads his teams and treats his wide receivers. He, they have to earn his trust and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you wouldn't let any other quarterback like run around throwing tantrums like this short of Tom Brady. Uh, and then continue to praise them and say like, they're just, you know, tough love. That's hall of fame quarterback. You've got to get in line. Like Drew Brees never pulled any of that bullshit, you know, in, in new Orleans. And he had every reason probably to do so with, with Michael Thomas. So I, I just don't agree with like the, giving Aaron Rodgers a pass at every turn and saying like every other problem that the team has is anybody's fault, but his he's quality. I'm not saying he's the reason they lost, but shit, if you're one in four in NFC title games, like it's not always everybody else's fault. 
Completely agree. A lot of the criticism is like, I don't know, based on how like these how Joe Buck and how pretty much any crew treats Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers for that matter. Um, nobody really wanted to talk about like that he was a little bit off yesterday. I mean, some right. people did, but um, I don't know. I saw I saw a lot of people being pretty hard on Mike Evans. Um, he did have a couple bad drops, but some of those balls were definitely Brady's fault. Those guys get the benefit of the doubt. I don't think Aaron Rodgers has earned that, like to the same level that uh, Tom Brady has. But I don't know. I don't really care. They're my favorite crew, Joe and Troy, and yeah, for sure. That. And guess what? We have just upgraded to the new Zoom. So I think <laughs> wow, we're going to be do good. that on the fly. I did it on the fly. So if what I've been host, saying last six do minutes that? has not made sense, then that's that. Oh, um, yeah. got the note. Wow. Too. Whoa. That's what I'm talking about. Unlimited Did minutes. Did say unlimited minutes? This oh meeting gosh, now has a limited meeting. Good. Unlimited minutes. I've been saying we need to do like a Joe Rogan style pod. <laughs> Just three <laughs> hours of us talking. Those are my favorite. Um, Yeah, I don't know, man. I got nothing else on this game. I, I went over on the weekend on my dip picks. Uh, so Almost I, everyone did. I, I, got, I actually picked bag. both the games correctly, uh, but I don't think any of us hit our, our big boy stacks. And the rest of you guys, I think only one other person. Dylan hit one game. Everybody else was on the Packers except me. And I think most of, I think it was two and two on the other game. Um, yep. Yeah. Not, not great Dylan week for, both, uh, for us. Both at the afternoon game. David and I went over. Uh, one other note on this game. A lot's going to be made of the pass interference call that followed the third down play and the field goal. I don't think enough can be said about how piss poor the coverage and the positioning was by Kevin King, the cornerback for the Packers right before halftime. Scotty Miller can absolutely run. So it's not like it's an embarrassment to get outrun by him, but to give up that pass right before halftime, you just can't do it. Um, it looked like he was running. They're running cover three. Uh, one of my old teammates who's, who's coached a little bit, actually previously coached for the Buccaneers um, broke it down and um, is on my Twitter, but it's a cut and dry play that you don't have to be fast. You don't have to be good. You just have to be in position to stop that from happening. And he wasn't, uh, it's also the same player that caused the pass interference. So, uh, uh, more can be said about Kevin King, um, really costing green Bay, uh, their shot yesterday. So that's the only other note I had on the game was that, that halftime bomb. It's a tough scene getting burned by Scotty Miller bowling green's own. How many people just learned who Scotty Miller was yesterday? I learned, I learned about him the week before exactly i was like i'm like two or three weeks in i guess <laughs> whenever I the playoffs started i think last week yeah it was something we know about brady he can absolutely find like the the short white overachieving receiver on the field like he's been really good at that over his career <laughs> troy kind of commented on that too he's like he said tom brady's made a lot of um, a lot of money or a lot of money for players just like scotty miller <laughs> what's that mean <laughs> Wes Walker. Like, I, I, just go ahead and say it. Troy. There, there was also in the in the late game. There was uh, Cole Beasley's had a nice career, and somebody said, "Yeah, you know, he's really done a nice job in that Wes Welker, uh, jo oh, Julian God. Edelman they mold." Can't, they just can't stop. They just can't. Yeah. Well, it's factually true, but there, there are, are good comps. But, but there are other non-white guys who play roles just like that, like I, such I, as. I mean, there are a lot of. <laughs> I'm them. fucking with you. <laughs> uh, you want to just go over to the uh, Chiefs Bills. Yeah, let's do it. This is my biggest disappointment of the weekend. I was obviously kind of riding hard for the Bills, thinking that this was going to be some kind of crazy upset. And uh wasn't even as close as the score makes it look. 
Now that that muff punt at the beginning, um, they, they put the Bills on the one, I guess, and then punch it in. They got up nine zero. Um, that wasn't even enough to keep it like close. The Chiefs are just really, really freaking good. You can't kick out. field goals, and you certainly can't miss extra points uh, if you're going to try to beat the Chiefs. And uh, the Bills did both of those things. And um, yeah, I kind of I felt horrible for Hardman. Is a Hardman right who muffed that punt? <laughs> Uh, I don't know if this is like a hallmark of an Andy Reid team, but Andy Reid, I saw some people saying it was giving Hardman a chance to redeem himself, maybe using it as a motivator, knowing he would He had a big go play off. soon after. He did, like the next time they got the ball, yep. I believe. Um, I don't know if that was intentional, if it's just that's how the cards fell, but that was cool to see. Because he looked – I mean, that that gif of him on the sideline, I, I felt horrible for the dude. Where he throws a coat up in the air and it just lands <laughs> oh, on his head. Hilarious. Yeah, he threw his helmet down and then threw the coat over his face. It was funny. It was all of us in 2021. Uh, to well, go back to kicking field goals, though, great, though, Buffalo kicked a field goal on fourth and three at the 33 to start the game. Okay. Then they kicked a field goal before the half on fourth and goal at the two, which was inexplicable. Wow. What uh, was it, the score at that point? Because it was 21-9. That, that made, yeah, it was 21-9, and that made it 21-12 before the half. And then – in the their first drive of the second half, they kick a field goal on fourth and three at the eight. Jeez, yeah, it's... those those are you just can't beat the Chiefs that way. It is one thing we saw in the NFC game too is that Bruce Arians went for it on fourth down several times and showed some aggressiveness. So you, he's not going to settle for field goals against KC in the Super Bowl, which you know should add to some high drama moments. I would think. Uh, also, would like to point out when they were down big, they went for two. That first time they cut, you know, in the fourth with like six, six and a half minutes left or something. Went for two, didn't get it. And then it was still a three score game. Yes. Correct? Yeah. They were down 17 and they went for two where an extra point could have made it 16. I don't know what the analytics chart looks like there, but I feel like you kick yeah, the extra point weird. there, keep yourself. That makes it a two score game, right? 16 point yeah. game. Yes. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I guess the, the analytics would say you've, you're going to have to score three touchdowns and get two two-point conversions. So you might as well get, get the first one out of the way. I don't know. It, it seemed reckless to Sneaky me. Sneaky shouts to their kicker, who seems to have a firm grasp on how to do an onside kick properly. Both quite of those. Strong first one, obviously, strong. Yeah. First one, he also hit two from 50-plus. Uh, that dude was uh, pretty nails yesterday. Yes, he was. Um, it's a, It was just amazing that he was able to do that. Like All the drones and flyovers and everything else that's going on in that stadium – for all the kicks to be flawless like he had yesterday, that was pretty impressive. That's a joke for like seven people. Oh, yeah, whatever. I got it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't see this note on Cole Beasley. This is news to me. I didn't either. Claiming is a hairline fracture? Feet. What is this, Mike? Uh, I've got the quote here. He said, Cole Beasley said he broke his fibula in week 16, quote, took a few meds and suck it up. There was no way I was going to miss a playoff Fibula game. or femur? Fibula, because those are very different. Well, <laughs> fibula is the one that I broke. Correct. Which didn't, I mean, huh? I recovered. You did. You femur is, well. femur is the big one in your in like your upper leg. That's, that's a big boy. You break the femur, you're it's not good. Yeah, are we sure he up. wasn't talking about his like album dropping or his mixtape? He wasn't saying he's like he broke them boys off a couple weeks ago. Wow, KJ. <laughs> are good you point. saying are you saying he's doing this to drum up hype for his mixtape? <laughs> The it janky leg? That, that was like, uh, you know, very recent. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> not, just not that long ago. Interesting. 
Yeah, he did. He did limp off pretty severely at one point. I saw in the game yesterday. He had a good game. There were a couple plays that just showed how absurdly talented Tyreek Hill is. And then at the same note, like why Cole Beasley still in the league, like 10 years later with, you know, whatever bag of tricks he has, like Cole Beasley caught a pass, I think going across the field to the right and probably had a good four yards where most people could have taken that momentum and gone outside or gone out of bounds. He planted his foot, cut back and then turned the defender completely around, ended up going out of bounds and gained many more yards. Terry Kill had the same exact play and added like 45 yards to it. But it was a quick glimpse of like, yeah, being quick certainly can uh, be useful in the NFL. Kept Cole Beasley from taking a big hit. Being Tyreek Hill fast is a whole nother thing. Uh, so it, it's, it's just scary to think what a team with that position filled like with the Cole Beasley with somebody like with the Tyreek Hill speed. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's insane. They showed a, uh, <clears throat> like a field level real-time replay of the Tyree kill uh, play where he just mm-hmm. took off. It, it, I don't know how you can, uh, you can even touch that guy in the open field. It, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty unbelievable watching that guy play. And I think McCole Hardman had a faster 40 time. They say he may be a faster guy. Like it's, it's just scary how much speed they have. And Edward Solaire is a speed back too. I mean, it's, it's wild um, to defend against that. For a guy like me, football idiot. Is it as simple as okay? You're not gonna you're not gonna be able to cover cover Tyreek in single coverage, right? So even if you if you bring help or have like a um, you bracket him, mm-hmm. that's gonna leave Kelsey in single coverage, right? And he's gonna kill you. So and he's a beast. Way. We haven't even mentioned him. He's... Yeah, like is it? I mean, it, and all and obviously you have best quarterback in the league um, dishing out the ball. Uh, I don't. It just seems unstoppable. I know the Bucks have a better defense, but. Um, I don't know what you do to slow that down. Hardman Tackle. ran a four three three. Tyreek Hill a four two nine. So, um, which doesn't sound like a big deal, but that even that is a big deal. And more than anything, I think Hardman. I, I don't know his game as well, but I would question if the the quickness is the same. Like if the three cone drill, if they actually ran those hard. Uh, that Tyreek Hills wouldn't be like well. Tyreek Hill did not participate in the combine because he was dealing with a uh, a legal issue. A legal issue uh, <laughs> dealing with beating a woman, but n- none of that's uh, important. You know, football's fun. I don't know. Well, I guess we can get into how and and will the Bucks stop them next week? I think that there will be some time to discuss like how does a dynasty like this, you know, ever be stopped? But. The Emmanuel Acho tweet, I think, is is also baffling about uh, Patrick Mahomes. What was the exact uh, stat there? That Mahomes has never lost an NFL game by more than a touchdown, and the last time he lost any game by more than a touchdown was in 2016, I think. And he got Iowa State, though. And he's played he's played in two Super Bowls before ever losing a game by more than one possession. That's <laughs> ridiculous. That's what does that do to gamblers? Like anytime you see it, like you'll never see a line over eight points in a Kansas city uh, game. There'll never be a six and a half point dog or anything more than this matchup is exciting because to me, it's like kind of a passing of the torch from like one goat to the probable next. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of, I mean, it's, it just seems very cool. I don't know. Yeah. Very kind of symbolic. I mean, 
I, I wonder what, what Brady's going to do next year, if he's coming back or not, especially if they win. He, maybe I'll need to go back and review it, but like I feel like through two games in the playoffs, because they had a bye, right? They didn't. No, play the they wild, did not have a bye. They played the wild card round. Yeah, they've won three road playoff games. Because he's not looked great in the last two. He's done enough to win, which is kind of like a, a cliche thing, but like he – I don't know. I got I got some Peyton Manning vibes. No, no. Let's be clear. He is the reason for their being where they are. I mean, how good were the Bucks last year with that? They were seven and nine last year. Okay, you're and right. Now they're no, Super Bowl I, teams. I know he had a good regular season. I'm just saying. I feel like the defense has carried them a little bit. The defense is. I good. would say that their offense. I mean, if you go back and look at Jameis's year, obviously Jameis threw what thirty touchdowns, thirty picks. Was that the yeah, ridiculous number? Like that? Yeah. Balance. Like, their offense was successful last year. They obviously did not have Antonio Brown. Um, and then I think, what, Leonard Fournette is also an addition offensively, and then Gronkowski's an offensive addition this year. But Chris Godwin was exponentially more productive last year. Um, but Mike Evans had his best year ever this year. Uh, so it's, it's hard to say, like, Tom Brady's definitely the reason. Um, but they added so many pieces defensively. Um, and then picked up Tristan Wirfs at tackle. So they added a bunch of stuff around Tom that's hard to say, like, he's the end-all, be-all. You know, you add 15 more picks on their year, and, and yes, that's going to be a big difference, but they added so many other pieces, I think, are why they're winning these games. What Devin White's done, um, the fact that their line is held up, I think it's it's Leonard Fournette yesterday in the last two games has had an incredible uh, run. So they've got a lot, a lot of pieces. Outside of maybe his first Super Bowl in New England, um, when's the has he ever? They're three and a half point dogs right now, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm trying to think. Uh, of I all saw the, the numbers times, gone down to three. Down to three. I'm trying to think of all the times that Brady's been a dog in the Super Bowl. I'm sure it's happened. I mean, he's been to ten. This will be his tenth, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm I, sure it's more than one. But if at all, probably the first. I would guess that was Kurt Warner. That was the yeah. Rams. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they were probably dogs in that. They were. Interesting. I think there was one other one. Uh, Giant? No. They were favored, obviously, heavily versus Giants. Um, I do like two weeks of uh, Tom Brady with underdog mentality, though. That's That could be that could be fun. He did put out another video, another uh, not saying any words, just smiling at the camera video, that obnoxious Tom Brady. Is he good at social? I feel like he's he's good, but like unintentionally good. His team is good at making him good at social media. I think they were dogs in the in this game, right? Yeah, yeah it was being Super Bowl though, right? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be it'll be exciting. Um, I'm glad it's these two teams. There's a ton of personalities that would likely have made a normal Super Bowl week uh, intriguing, but you know we can get into that more uh, next week. Any uh, any thoughts on Tampa hosting the Super Bowl at home? The first team ever to be able to play in their home stadium. Doesn't really doesn't really excite me. Has this happened? No, no, this never happened before. It's also the interesting thing to me is that the Tampa Lightning won the the Stanley Cup and didn't play a single home game during the playoffs, and now they get to play the Super Bowl at home. <laughs> and then Tampa Rays were. Yeah, and the Rays made right a playoff there, run. That wasn't them either. Big year for Tampa. Tampa sports. L.A. and Tampa. Everywhere, everywhere Tom goes. Um, I, I think it's impressive, obviously, since it's never happened. That's fun. Um, but what? 22,000 fans will be allowed. 7,500 of them, they kept noting, are vaccinated healthcare workers. Like, okay, we get it. 
emphasis on the vaccination part. Um, but I don't think anyone's ever feared the Tampa Bay fans. So of all the teams, yeah, for it's this not happen, exactly a rabid fan base. Yeah. They have a pirate ship though. This have that New Orleans ship? is the oh, only yeah. host city for me to like fear of this happening. That's some hokey shit. Uh, just to confirm, this is only the second time Brady's been underdog in the Super Bowl. So, Damn. And it was that first one. Uh, Chiefs lost their left tackle. Do we know? I saw Achilles. Oh, I don't know Fisher. if it's. Oh, Eric really? Fisher. Yeah. Every I haven't seen official word, but it all signs point to him being out for the Super Bowl. He's uh, he's an all pro. He's, yeah. He's first very, round very pick, good. too. Oof. I think 1 1, right? Uh, maybe. I think so. I think he's probably, if you go back the last 10 to 15 years, the most productive or most successful 1 1 overall. Um, and out of central Michigan, too, of all places. Kind of random. Interesting. Yeah, we'll have more on that next week. Yeah. But you guys, speaking of underdogs, happen to check out Dustin Poirier, Connor McGregor. Unbelievable. I, I kind of loved it. Um, As I noted last week, I'm kind of a, a Connor hater at this point. You've turned on Connor. I just think he's not good enough to, uh, to carry around uh, all that swag like the way he does. And he got uh, humbled once again. I kind of love to see it. You cannot debate this. He is the biggest name in UFC history. Um, but he's not that, the greatest. Isn't that kind of because of his antics more so than yeah. how good I mean, he is? Yeah, all of it. But that's part of selling yourself and getting to that. He, oh, he's a great showman. Don't get me wrong. Um, he had a great two- to three-year run. Um, he was the original champ champ. And he parlayed that into an exhibition or just, I guess it was that wasn't even an exhibition, a straight up fight with Floyd Mayweather. It was a money grab, is what it was. Yeah, and he made a hundred million dollars. And the guy has, um, he's his name on the marquee. It means pay per view buys, um, and that's a big blow for Dana to see him get washed out second round. Yeah, this is a tough one because we've seen him lose in, in MMA. We saw him lose in boxing, but we've never seen him get knocked the fuck out. And we may, I think it's safe to say we've probably seen the best of Conor McGregor at this point. We, he may still be a star, but he, he's probably not going to be the guy he was before. And we, you know, you can give Conor a lot of shit for saying that he's all an act and it's, he's a great talker and that's why he's so famous. He's also a lot of fun to watch fight, even in, in defeat. To watch him, the way, how accurate he is with his punches, he's unconventional. He, he, he's fun to watch in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, it's a tough, it's got to be a tough, a tough one for Dana, and for anyone who has money in the UFC, I guess. Yeah, this is um. So Connor's last fight, his last win was over Cowboy, Cowboy, who is at the end of his career. Dana's even said you need to retire. Um, he looked great, but Cowboy on plenty of occasions has been you know knocked out like that. Dustin Poirier is a different animal on an unbelievable run. His only loss is to Habib. And we lost to Connor the first time, didn't he? Yeah, he lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, on this run, he's on. So yeah, he, that was at 145. Since he's moved up to 155, he's like seven and one with the only loss being to Khabib. And he's beat some of like the best names in the sport: Max Holloway, Eddie Alvarez. It's oh, Justin Gagey. It's insane. But um, Lafayette's own man, DP Dustin Poirier. That was impressive. He seems like a good dude. It was weird going into the fight because much like he did for the uh, Cowboy fight, Connor was very respectful of his opponent, gave the old, you know, the classic, I'm, I'm honored to share the octagon with him. 
all that stuff. I think he donated a bunch of money to Dustin Poirier's foundation. Half million. Half million. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, it's very – I mean, Connor has a lot of bad PR that I feel like doesn't get talked about, like a lot of stuff overseas, like allegations and whatnot. Um, he's clearly made an effort to, uh, I don't know, act more humble. It'll be interesting to see how he comes back. Um, either way, Dustin Poirier chewed his leg up with leg kicks, uh, rendered Con- Connor pretty much useless on uh, uh, on striking. He couldn't throw a punch, and he couldn't move. Man, Connor didn't check any of those kicks, and I think he might have. I think he said he broke his leg. I don't know. If yeah, it was after actually the fight, fracture. they showed them backstage, and he said, "You broke my leg, you bastard." So, I, I don't, Damn. I don't know exactly. Everybody's getting their leg broke these days. Whole squad fever. Hard to say, hard yeah. to say. Yeah, one thing Connor's really good at though is creating a narrative after a loss, uh, really after any fight. But like he said five or six times in the press conference, well, he he was really good at those leg kicks. I didn't see those leg kicks coming, and so he will create a narrative that you know there can be a third fight. I'll neutralize the leg kicks. You know that's one I'd pay to see again. I don't know why he didn't. It's easy for me to say as a guy who's never gotten in a in a in an octagon that he should have just checked those kicks like after the first couple because like clearly like DP was having success with them and that was part of their game plan. I don't understand why he didn't make some kind of adjustment. Like he he acted like he wasn't going to change anything. Like I know he doesn't ever really switch stances like that, but I thought that was surprising. It was like I wonder he was if just there's left. an element of you don't want to show him that it's working. You know what I mean? That's true. Like, if you know, hey, this is affecting me, like, as soon as you go to guard it, like, he's going to work on whatever counter he has and then continue to come back to that. So, I mean, I, I didn't see the fight, so I'm just talking out of my ass here. Uh, extra anecdote here. My uh, father-in-law is currently in Dublin, um, lives there for a portion of it each year. And going into the fight, I mean, he, Dublin and Ireland in general apparently, like, are on full lockdown um, due to covid so you can't go to a pub or to bar and watch anything, but they're still like marketing and talking on every channel and then posters up everywhere ahead of the fight. Uh, and he said like, as the fight was over and, and once the uh, it was locked in that Connor had lost or whatever, and the fight was decided that people were still just as like supportive and loud and talking about it and focused on it. So we were talking about some of his bad PR overseas and some of the stuff he's doing with there. It hasn't really affected his brand. It doesn't sound like you know, a loss will either there. Yeah. I guess that doesn't completely surprise me. Yeah. Um, I didn't like seeing Connor walk out to like, a, you know, what was it, like 5,000 fans. That's another narrative that he can paint the next I, time. Say, you know, I, I, I'm a man of the people. I, I need the crowd. It's a built-in excuse there. No, and, but and, I agree with you. It's not as much fun. No, this part of the spectacle is the uh, twenty thousand just blacked-out Irishmen with flags draped over them in the crowd, just pissing themselves, yelling at Connor as he walks out. Yeah, that's <laughs> not easy to do in Abu Dhabi. No, no, it's not. Although it did sound like he had a lot of guys there. There was a whatever the chant is they do. I heard that break out. Should I care about the guy who tried to give his bracelet away? He got fired like on the spot. What happened? I missed this. So earlier in the week, I think it was Thursday or Friday, mm-hmm. Dana cut one of the fighters from the card and cut him from the UFC. He's 13-0, and 0 too, He's a, and his brother's a UFC fighter, because apparently him and his whole team on video, according to Dana, cut their like security wristbands they have to have for COVID uh, protocols, gave one to some dude 
who like Spider-Man like claw like climbed over four different balconies to deliver a mystery bag of something. What the hell? And Dana was like, "We have this whole thing on video. He is not only not on this card, he's been cut from the UFC." He secured the bag. He did secure the bag. Of what? We don't know. Okay, so I was going to ask, we don't know what's in the bag, huh? Okay. What you got in that bag? <laughs> what you got in that bag? You think it was like Jolt Cola or something? Hard to say. I just figure you don't, need, you don't need to... That could be contraband in Abu Dhabi. I don't know the rules. You don't need to ninja that into the arena, I don't think. You can just... Probably other ways that get jolt in there. Um, dude, there's a ton of caffeine. I don't even know if it's legal in there's Abu Dhabi. There's too much caffeine. You don't need that much. much. Way too much. It's the official, official uh, soda pop of sleepovers. Um, we got to talk about Mizzou's own Michael Chandler. Huge. How happy were you? Did you cry? I, I didn't cry, but I was I was hyped. Uh, I I think I scared the people I was watching the fight with, being I, my fiance and Will and Sally. I'm not going to act like I've, I've watched a ton of Michael Chandler fights. In fact, I've watched a total of zero. He was a beast in Bellator, and now he's here. His yeah. first fight, I. I've watched him quite a bit. He's he was a three time champion at 155 in Bellator. Um, he's got a terrible tattoo that says "blessed" on his left, uh, you know, chest. Uh, but he blessed. He was he came out with a lot of power and stopped. He's a little guy. Stopped Dan Hooker, who's never been stopped by strikes before, as well, and just looked awesome. Hit the backflip afterwards, and you know, as a fellow. Former, well, you know, I'm a former professional fighter who's fought Bellator fighters before. Michael mm-hmm. Chandler spent you know a lot of time takes. fighting Bellator, and we both went to Mizzou, so we have a lot in common. Uh, I was, I was happy for him and his whole family, and his, uh, his wife, who was dressed in a provocative manner. Hmm. Where do you stand on the backflip? Because Dana White apparently hates it. I hate it too. He didn't land it perfectly either. No, dude. And when it's slowed down, it's it's it feels like he's just inches away from just blowing out both knees. Yeah, but I will say this: I watched it with my fiance with Sally, and they both were like, "Oh my god, he did a backflip! Wow!" <laughs> like he's their new favorite fighter. So from a from a uh, mainstream perspective, it's good. It's wait, like you, you know, fellow Missourian the... Carl Edwards was known for hitting a backflip. Did he do it from the top of the octagon? Or just... Yeah, okay. he jumped up on the top of the yeah, octagon, that's too much. hit a backflip. That scares me. Do you prefer the top of the octagon backflip or the full pads backflip in the end zone? Uh, the octagon one is, I think, decidedly more dangerous, right? Because you're just you're dropping from how, how tall is that thing? Eight feet? It's some super fly Jimmy Snuka shit. Yeah, it's too much. Uh, but doing a backflip on the ground in full pads, which I think weighs like 20-plus pounds altogether, that's impressive. Um. That's better than trying to do the worm and then blowing out your shoulder like uh, somebody did the last couple of years. Who was it? Who's the dude? Um, Celebratory injuries are always funny. Yeah, I mean, he, he won the fight and then decided to do the worm and, like, fucked his shit up. My favorite is, uh, I think... Johnny Walker, I believe it was. One of the Grammatica brothers. I think maybe Bill. It was Bill, yeah. Uh-huh. Who uh, tore an ACL, I think, just, like, jumping. Celebrating, like, yeah. a 35-yard <laughs> field goal. That was the best I part. I blew my shit out hitting the stanky leg. I lo- the Grammatica <laughs> brothers, they, they weighed, like, like 210 total, like, added up together. Martin and Bill. Very small. The uh-huh. octagon is six feet tall, by the way. Okay. I found Michael Chandler's wife, and um, the results will not shock you. She's ugly. She's just. What's the opposite of ugly? Pretty. Who else is yeah. in one fifty-five division here? It's the best division in the in the game. Yeah, that's the only from a promoter standpoint. 
Justin uh, Gagey. You know, you're you're disappointed Connor got beat, but wow, there are some some big fights to be made at 155 now. Yeah, I don't know who you want. I he's already we've already seen Dustin Poirier Poirier against the now retired Habib. Don't really want to see that fight again. Um, so I don't I don't know who you put him in there against. Michael Chandler, small, but he can move up and fight at that. I don't know. Or they probably uh, DP would probably drop down, right? No, no, I, I think it would be at 55, but Poirier said he he doesn't think Chandler's ready for that. He doesn't deserve it yet. So I forget who the number two ranked guy is, but there is somebody there, and it could be for the interim belt if Khabib's not coming back. And Dana all week was just talking about how Khabib's not retired, Khabib's not retired, Khabib's not retired. After the fight, he was like, oh, you know, I, I don't see Khabib coming back. Like it was pretty clear that Khabib wanted to see Connor and make another hundred million dollars or thirty million or whatever it was. I'm actually glad that we don't have to see that again because I don't want to see Connor humiliated again like that. that yeah, was, I, I that don't was, need it either. That was pretty sad. Um, Michael Chandler, our five eight king. Shout out to him. A lot of fun. Anything else on the combat sports minute? No, David. Uh, the only thing I would add is that ESPN Plus. Can oh EAD. my God! Burying the lead. What? I, I I tried to pay for this fight. I really did, and ended up thanks to I won't mention who gave me the link, unless that person who's saying here wants to reveal himself. But uh, <laughs> shouts to Buff Streams who uh, we had a great feed for the fight. But I was trying to spend seventy dollars on it. The irony of it's beautiful. I mean, Dana's crusade against the streamers and the pirated streams. He's going to throw the, you know, he's going to do all he can. To, oh, didn't he have something special planned for the? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I guess by that he meant. I've been listening to the guys. Plus. I mean, the quote that he had earlier in the week, how he's found the guy who, who does the pirating, the guy. We've got a camera on his house. We've been listening to his phone calls. What? And then as soon as they turn it on, we're going to nail him. I'm like, Dana, I think that's some sort of violation. You really what? shouldn't be admitting to also to breaking into somebody's phone connections. You, you shouldn't tell the guy that you're trying to catch that you, uh, you've you got him where you want him. I think he had the whole thing made up because he he's, you know, making ev- sure that everyone who thinks they're pirating Dana White's listening to their phone calls. I don't know. But Fucking then when ESPN phone. Plus doesn't work, it's just egg on his face. It's really really bad look yeah i missed i missed the first two fights completely um at least on the pay the espn plus app because i ordered it earlier in the day i saw some people saying that oh i just talked to their um customer service you have to be watching it on the device that you signed up for espn plus on and i'm like dude what bullshit i don't even i couldn't tell you what device i could have gotten rid of that computer two years ago exactly it's insane they should apologize i haven't even i need to go put in a thing for a partial refund um, I did watch the main event on there, but like, you know, missed a couple fights. It's not fun. I don't like to support the pirates. Yeah, me neither. I I don't want my computer to catch fire. I've spent enough time fighting with AT and T Uverse about lack of red zone. I've spent too much time with the buff streams and crack streams this season. What if they would throw us a sponsorship? <laughs> I want to be one of those pop-ups that when you go on there and you click the wrong spot, just the most invasive pop-ups it, on the internet. It not it just it not only um, pops o- open, but it just starts downloading something automatically for you. I just, just made a, episodes, a pretty topical uh, quote tweet that you also go check out at D Shivery. Ooh. Do you want us to read it about, on the, on the podcasting air? and fibulas? And it's just it's good. 
No, just on your on your spare time. No big deal, Dave. You can keep going. <laughs> Man, that's a good tweet. It's a good just, tweet. It just got a retweet from me, at wow. Mike Weiner, M-I-C-A-H-W-I-E-N-E-R. Is that from a verified account? It is. And if you check that verified account, you can get a link to today's Man. Micah's Read of the Week, the newsletter, in which I spent about 5,000 <laughs> words tearing down that asshole who regretted moving his family from California to Austin. It went viral. Check it out. Man, You're now from 70 accounts. days away help my, from uh, Masters. My Raya application get approved, so it'll, thank you for that. Yeah, it'll only help your uh, followers. Wow. Good luck with your Raya. <laughs> thank you. Um, we can do some quick tips now. I don't know if anybody had any time to switch over to golf yesterday. It did get interesting toward the end. You had Patrick Cantlay going out firing a 61. Looked like he might end up in a playoff with Siwoo Kim. Real story here. Siwoo is awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Great. Tony Finau, who had the lead after 54 holes, yet another loss, has not won since the Puerto Rico Open. Um, he uh, he's, he's kind of a disappointment. And that bums me out because I really like the guy. I love him on the, uh, the team events. He's a good rider cupper. But – the dude does not close. In fact, he's the exact opposite of a closer. Can you break down exactly what happened? Like, what was the lead looking like? What hole did things start to fall apart? I didn't watch it that closely, but I think he shot. They shoot even par for the day. I don't know. He he was basically he had a chance to. He was like two off the lead going into sixteen or something, which is a relatively short, a drivable par five. He wipes his drive. I don't know. It was just. He just doesn't close. You saw it at the Masters, which you can kind of – it's like, okay, you're playing with Tiger at the Masters. Like, we don't expect you to, to pull that out. But it's happened in a number of just regular tour events, and it's sad because that's kind of the story. He's he's becoming kind of a modern-day Matt Kuchar, just a top ten Yeah, guy. but it just, it just takes one, you know? You're it, right. It takes one breakthrough, and he's got that monkey off his back, and he can just – he can start stacking them. He's now posted – That's how those go. 35 top 10s without a victory, more than twice the number of the next closest golfer, Tommy Fleetwood. Stacking paper. The bag has been secured. We love that. Yeah, he's made $17.7 million. He has not eaten the dub. Since 2016. I need to see him eat the dub at some point. He's going to. If we're going to take him seriously. I hope so, because he's a good dude. He started yesterday with a share of the 54-hole lead and then opened with a pair of birdies to take a two-stroke lead and then ended up losing by four strokes. Okay. This next quick dip says Brett Favre can EAD. What is that uh, yeah, exactly? I'll take that one. Yeah, donut, uh, Brett Favre, you may know him from the uh, MicroTouch commercials. Um, Copperfit, too. Uh, Copperfit. Uh, he was recently quoted as saying the Jacksonville Jaguars shouldn't draft Trevor Lawrence. While he thinks Trevor is a great quarterback, he doesn't see that as the Jags' biggest need, and somebody like Devontae Smith would make a bigger impact on that organization. Nobody asked you, Brett Favre. In sure. fact, somebody probably did. Whoever that is shouldn't ask you. Stop Show me talking. the lie, though. Huh? Show me the lie. <laughs> it's 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 the worst take of all time. <laughs> Devontae Smith's a good wide receiver. You're not taking a wide receiver one overall. Last time that happened was Keyshawn Johnson, who obviously panned out, but that's not. you're not going to the Super Bowl off of one one wide receiver. Not happening. Brett that's also said, quote, there's no way the Packers would do anything to jeopardize losing Aaron Rodgers. Well, that's good other than <laughs> using a first-round pick to draft his eventual <laughs> replacement and then trading up to get that guy. Dude, he's the – he's the Jordan Love is the Aaron Rodgers of the Brett Favre era. Like, the exact same thing happened to him. Call him J-Love. I'm not calling him J-Love. No. How about just J-Lo? You do that too. Can I just say that when I saw that 
Brett Favre had said something dumb. Like that's how it was billed on our run sheet. <laughs> I was thinking, oh God, like I was, I was like, did he finally discover Q? There's a number <laughs> of things that went through my mind that this could, the directions that this could go. And, and honestly, like a, a bad sports take is a lot better than what it could have been. <laughs> it's, it is a relief. It is a relief. We did. We didn't ask his location on January 6th. So that's a whole different story. Apparently, uh, on the Jordan Love thing, if they drafted Jalen Hurts, somebody whose name we rec- respected a little bit more, like, do you think we'd shit on the Packers as much, or would there be times where people are like, I don't know, let's uh, mix in Jalen Hurts? Like, because it's Jordan Love, I feel like people are like very quick to dismiss it. I don't think that he'll pan out to be Aaron Rodgers quality. I don't necessarily agree with the draft pick, but I still think uh, uh, it's not nearly as atrocious as we get. That's my last thing on that. When did Brett Favre get into the league? Early '90s, right? So they uh, basically had a NFL Hall of Fame club game released. They've had a, a Hall of Fame quarterback for a very long time. A very like yeah. thirty years. Two Super Bowls. Okay. He was drafted in '91. I don't know Oof. when he went to the Packers. Okay. Because he started with the Falcons. Right. Okay. I mean, Aaron Rodgers drafted late first. And sat for several years behind Favre. And we'll see what happened when Jordan Love drafted around the same same time. Yeah, we'll same see slot. how it pans out for J-Love, Dylan. Went to the Packers in 92. 92 to 2021 is a long run. Um, We should probably do this. We got to eulogize the late, the great Henry Aaron. Henry Hammer and Hank. Yes. Passes away at 86. Um. Second place all time. Some people's a uh, home run king. Depends on how you he, view this. The modern uh, baseball the, era. Yeah, the greatest non-cheating home run hitter of all time. There it is. First all time in RBI. First in total bases. First in extra base hits. First in All Star game appearances. That's not really that great of a stat. Second in home runs. Third in hits. Fourth in runs. Pretty good. Pretty consistent. Just uh, yeah. Consistent being the key word. Uh, 538 had a piece, which was featured in Micah's Read of the Week and my obituary for uh, Hammer and Hank. But there is no doubt he's the single greatest, most consistent great player of all time. Uh, the statistics are jaw-dropping. Without having a year over, what, 25 home runs or something like that? Well, no, no. I, he, he never hit 50. Never uh, hit 50. But he okay. never hit – he went 19 straight years where he hit twenty at least 24. That's what it is. I'm not getting my numbers, obviously. And he has the highest batting average of any player with over 3,000 hits, other than Babe Ruth, I think. Um, Not talked about enough how um, on the record-breaking home run, just two random dudes ran out on the field with him and ran the bases. Just an iconic iconic celebratory video. It is. Just just a couple random dudes from the stands, just probably drunk. Yeah, and especially after Hank Aaron said that the the year or two that he spent chasing that record were the worst years of his life because of all the the racial-based death threats, I'm sure he Mm -hmm. felt great to just see two dudes running after him (laughs) when he finally got there. Yeah, just two white guys. Uh, Yeah, like, I don't know. In a pretty contentious time in the, the South, you know? Yep. Better security. That was in Atlanta, right? Yeah. Better security, the Braves organization or the Capitol? <laughs> it's a, it's a toss-up, Dave. I don't know. Who you got? Uh, an underrated part of that video, series, though, best is... Of uh, series. I got tackled jumping this, uh, jumping down to the floor at a corn concert. Okay? And there's like... Oh, trying to, we trying to mob? We were rushing the stage. I got oh. out of it, but still. You should have told him you were with Huckabee. <laughs> I'm with Head. 
<laughs> I'm with Brian Welch. Nobody gets that. Uh, <laughs> uh, obviously, sad news. Um, full government on head. I'm sorry. By all accounts, a greater person than he was a baseball player. You know, very cliche statement, but the man absolutely lived out his legacy with, you know, as much respect as you possibly could look for. Uh, I think there's a lot to be said for the city of Milwaukee and, you know, the number of mega stars they've had there in the early parts of their career and what it's meant to them uh, to try to keep them and try to keep them happy and wrestle with who they are, you know, their identity versus who the players want to be and become, you know, I'm speaking morally uh, more of uh, Lou Alcindor at the time, you know, going on to be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, and then obviously Hank Aaron, and then you've got Giannis's career kind of developing, but in a completely different time and mindset and him locking it in. So um, just a, lo- a ton of layers. Obviously, the man me- meant a lot to the game of baseball, but I, I would say more to uh, just the culture and, and who we are as Americans. So, I heard a funny story today. Um, did you know he was a huge Cleveland Browns fan? And he, in the 80s, after his playing career had ended, he would just go to games by himself and sit in the dog pound and nobody knew who he was. And then finally, like, the owner got wind of it and uh, was like, hey, we can we can get you up in a suite or something. How funny is that? You just got Henry Aaron just hanging out in the dog pound. <laughs> because of Jim Brown, I assume? I don't Is he really from the know. area? Where's no, he's from Georgia, oh, I believe, it? yeah. I don't know. Or Alabama, I think, originally, but then, yeah, somewhere down there. Um. I don't. I just do a thing. Hammer and Hank just love dogging down. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, What What is Q two? Aside from a period of time in which uh, you know you've got to make sure the numbers look good. Yeah, it says here Austin FC unveils Q two stadium name. Uh, I believe it's Q two is a local in uh, software company. Of course. Did we not Uh, know the name? We did. I mean, five hundred dollars was never going to be seriously oh, considered. Yeah. I tried to give him some Bitcoin, like point oh one six of a Bitcoin, but it just wasn't enough. Apparently, Q two's got a little bit more cap to play with. So yeah, Q two Holdings, an Austin-based digital solutions provider. That just sounds like wealth. Q two. Q two Holdings. Holdings. I mean, if you can put Holdings in the name of your, you're doing your enterprise, well. You're That's tight. Yeah, well. you got to have money to throw around. Washed holdings isn't a bad idea. Mm. I don't hate it. I, I hate. I shudder to think what the QAnon people are going to think about this. Well, they think that the United States is actually not a government; it's a corporation that it's filed for bankruptcy. I don't know if you saw that. We don't have to go down that road. I missed that one. Excited yeah. for the nineteenth president. I just, you know, the this stadium um, was built on a landfill, and so the conspiracy theories were probably spring. Dylan, have you picked up your kit yet? Uh, I have yet to uh, acquire a. I, I can't use the word kit. I'm sorry. I've yet to acquire a jersey. <laughs> Just call it a kit. I can't call it a kit. I almost I can't got him say to say it. Referring to the field of play. Can't do it, Dave. <laughs> the soccer field. Only kit he knows is Knight Rider's car. Only kit I know is uh, on The Bachelor, which uh, airs okay. tonight. I bet I'm she's not- on Raya. She's definitely on Raya. You know what we're talking about, Micah? I don't. Okay. It's a dating so. app for um, influential people. Oh, Which okay. I have applied for, and it's, my, it's pending. We'll see what I happens. See. I thought that was a Bachelor reference. Well, we tied them together. Sure. Yeah, we married it well. It was good. Yeah. Any other quick dips? It's time to run it back. You guys want to run it back? Let's run it back. Let's run it back, Micah. 
Run It Back is the segment in which we talk about what we've already talked about. KJ looks great today on camera in his charcoal cardi. Call the hotline at 833-371-DIPP. We are now known as the Daddy Dippers. Dylan does badly in heat. He loves snow, so he'd like to play in the cold. A lot of people know that. KJ wants to be and should be the face of pickle juice in America. If your pee has too much alcohol in it to freeze, frat on, good sir. <laughs> Micah, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Micah is generally not that into cheese. Uh, Jordan Love would have <laughs> scored on that third down play. <laughs> Dylan and Cole Beasley both, both broke their fibulas. Uh, Dylan has turned on Conor McGregor. Jolt Cola has just way too much caffeine in it. Dave blew out his shit while hitting the stanky leg. Oh, man. It's true. That's tough. Uh, too Much Dip wants to be the most invasive pop-up advertisement on crack streams, if somebody can help us do that. You just have that. to subscribe when you click it. Uh, Brett Favre can eat a donut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dave once got tackled at a corn concert. It's true. Hammer and Hank just love dogging down. That's your <laughs> own joke. <laughs> it's so stupid I had to include it. And Dylan has yet to acquire a kit. What do you have against kits? Uh, I have the word kit, like every other sport, we just call it a jersey. I guess hockey has sweaters or whatever, but it, it just, it's just—it's a jersey. Don't, don't get too cute with it. Just love dogging down. I don't, where does that? You're so proud of yourself. I can't even get mad. Well, guys, you're in the dog pound, baby. Little uh, little announcement: no live stream this Thursday, but but. Dude, I got a ring light. What are you talking about? I just got a ring light. Use it for your uh, Voya pick or whatever. Faya. Oh, yeah. Raya. That's a good idea, Dad. <laughs> good. Huh. Um, anyway, what was I going to say? Oh, we're doing the Tiger Doc. We're going to do a podcast so- solely devoted to Tiger, now available on HBO. Um, we're going to be recording that Thursday. Look for either a Thursday night, Friday morning release. I think you're going to enjoy it. I would go check it out. It's two parts. Well worth it. And that's all I got, guys. Okay, good stuff. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. I want my chips with the dip. That's all I know. I don't want my chips playing. I want my chips with the dip. So bring them dips.